Local Matters brings you incredible stories about Indiana-owned businesses and community members making a positive impact in Indiana. I'm Mel McMahon, co-founder of Indiana-owned and Indiana Gifts, and today we're going back to a podcast originally recorded in 2021. We're going to talk to Big George. He and his family will be celebrating the 37th year of business for the Greek Islands Restaurant. Can you believe it? Make your reservations and come help them continue the journey for the love of this staple in Indianapolis community. His parents' dream became a reality in 1987, and through hard work and perseverance, they've endured so much, and they will continue to do the same. Cheers to the next 37 years. It's all about our mission, creating healthier, stronger communities and more jobs in Indiana through the support of local. Thanks for listening. Oh, and you'll hear us reference Indiana Originals in here. If you're new to the podcast, that was our name before September of 2021. Now we're Indiana owned. You're listening to Local Matters, brought to you by Indiana Owned. Find local at indianaowned.com. Big George, thank you so much for being my guest on Local Matters today. It is so good to be here because it's always awesome being in the studio. We spent a lot of time in the studio together, and uh, this was just a lot of fun to come down here, and it's fun being here. It's kind of like a little throwback, isn't it? Yeah, it's like a reunion, except we're missing Dave the King Wilson right, right now, and right. we can live without Joe Stasniak. <laughs> Don't tell him. Big George is referring to my old co-host on 93WIBC. We used to do afternoons together. But our history goes way back. Your history in the restaurant business goes way back. Um, for any poor soul out there who has not had the Greek Islands food, tell them what they're missing. Well, they're missing fantastic food. You know, the restaurant was started by my dad and my mom. And, uh, you know, they had a vision and they had this dream of uh, opening up a place in uh, downtown Indianapolis. And we had moved here from New York City. So, uh, you know, he, my dad never quit. He followed that thing and finally got it done. 906 South Meridian Street came uh came and it's still going strong now is your dad an immigrant from greece both of my parents were immigrants okay. my dad came here in the late 50s he was a merchant mariner and my mom uh came here in um early 60s uh late 50s early 60s also and why did they want to come to america uh, well, my mom, uh, was her situation was a little different. She was orphaned, so um, she came here to live and work with her aunt. She came 16 years old uh, on a ship and uh, lived and worked in Syracuse, New York, with her, uh, with her extended family. My dad um, traveled all over the world. You know, he was a merchant mariner, and by choice, he... Uh, he, did, he was doing very well in Greece, but he uh, came to America, uh, came to Houston one year, um, and he said, you know what, if I ever get back to America again, I'm not going home, and uh, um, that's what happened. He came to Philadelphia and uh, stayed. So how did he find himself in the restaurant business? Well, I think a lot of Greek uh, immigrants wound up in the restaurant business, but you know, they all started the same way. Uh, there was a lot of Greek painters and uh um, you know, in New York City, at least growing up in New York, there was a lot of Greek painters, and, and uh, then all of them extended. Either they went into the painting construction business or they went into the majority of them went into the restaurant business. Did they have a restaurant in New York as well? My dad had a whole bunch of restaurants. I mean, he had a pizzeria in Connecticut and then restaurants in New York and grocery stores in New York, and uh, he did a lot of things. And so how did he find himself in Indianapolis? Um, he had some friends that uh, came to New York, moved to New York, and uh, they uh, had some issues to, and uh, needed to uh, uh, needed some help. And my dad was always a real helpful person, especially to other Greeks uh, that, you know, had struggled like, just like he did. So um, 
one of his friends uh, he that he helped out uh, told him, you know, I'm going back to Indiana. And uh, he said, you know, I'll come out here. So in uh, the winter of 1979, he came out with him, visited, and then came back and got us. We wow. wound up here in the Midwest. Wow. What was that like for you to make that big of a change? It was pretty scary. Yeah. At first it was, I mean, going from New York City to uh, south side of Indianapolis. And I remember there was a, there was a sheep farm at the... Uh, corner of stop 11 and madison avenue and we were living behind that in crossgate edition and that was pretty scary wow i've seen a lot of trains but i've really had never seen cargo trains before and that was in our backyard was a regular train passing there twice a day so yeah i imagine that's pretty common for us i mean you stopped at the railroad tracks all the time but i've never stopped at railroad tracks in manhattan now that i think about it mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. got the l's there no it's the L. yeah <laughs> no it was uh, it was really different and people sounded funny i know i sounded oh, funny sure. to, yeah i sounded funny to them but they they really sounded funny to me <laughs> how old were you then uh it was 1979 so i would have been uh, 14 what was that like to move i mean that's high school right mm-hmm so did you make friends? I was eighth grader. I, I, I went to eighth grade here, and so it was, I, w- I was an eighth grader at that time. So did you make friends easily? Yeah, like, I, made, that like? I made friends. Uh, so when I moved, I remember the, there was two guys, that, which I'm still very close, close friends with and spent a lot of time with, uh, two Korean guys. So we all became buddies, and then from there it extended on, you know, and I made a lot of friends. I still have great relationships with my high school friends and uh, see them on a regular basis, and they're very supportive, good people. So when your dad opened up the restaurant, were you expected to work it? Oh, yeah. We were. I was there, predominantly me, I was there during the whole building process of it. It took a while for us to do it. There was no money. My dad, you know, we had struggled. I mean, a lot of people didn't know, but we had some real struggles. And uh, my dad finally got a job with the State Highway Commission. And, uh, you know, I don't want to get into detail about the struggles because those things don't, you know, you put all that stuff behind you and and you move on from that. But uh, we... um, we worked hard to get that place open. We really, really did. We dug the basements out. We did everything. He was, he was, he was not a quitter. He was not a quitter. So I think we started the process in 1985. He found the property and went across the street to um, the union owned it. The Teamsters union owned the property, and he went across the street, talked to the president of the union, who was a, a good old boy from Alabama. And if it wasn't for him, I keep saying this, I never forget. The Greek Islands would have never been there. And he kind of fell in love with my dad. So uh, he had an American hillbilly and a Greek hillbilly, and <laughs> they found common ground. And he was a big uh, spearhead in, in that happening. And finally, in 1987, it happened. And what were you doing at the restaurant? We did everything at the restaurant. I mean, we all started working out. I started working in the kitchen. We all did. And then we just kind of rotated and did whatever it took. We put a lot of hours in. And what did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be a politician, but then I realized that I wanted a respectable job. So. <laughs> <laughs> big george everybody big george did you do you really want to be a politician that's what you wanted to be i i, w- I was st- i started off being a political science major i really loved it but i think when you got good intentions um sometimes when you get involved in politics they they redirect you a certain way and it's just not for me i'm too outspoken and i think i'm i'm too passionate about good things and uh it's not it's it's a tough job i'm not demeaning it at all i mean it's a a difficult job you have to balance things out and you have to have compromise i think in certain things there is no compromise you got to do the right thing also Mm -hmm. yeah it's tough i mean it's it's definitely a tough role and trust me i there are a lot of great people that i think would not make very good politicians no 
I probably would not. But you're definitely a people person, for sure. You're yeah. good at identifying good people, I think. I think so. And I think your personality is, you know, a really big part of what you've been able to do at the restaurants and things and, you know, kind of building that audience. When did you go back to the restaurant? When did you decide, I'm going to be a part of this well, I mean, listen, we had to work hard. It was a survival thing for us at the beginning. So we had to kind of, you know, group together and, and, you know, boots on the ground. And we had to work. I mean, we didn't have a, a choice as far as work went. So we concentrated on the family business and tried to build it. Uh, and, and success sometimes, uh, people think it's measured only by money. It's not. I mean, there, there are a lot of other ways. I know this sounds kind of morbid, but, you know, at the end of the day, you want a lot of people to show up to your funeral. Mm-hmm. That's, that's another success. I know it, 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 some people just don't, they can't absorb that, but that's the fact. I mean, you, you, sometimes you got to do the right things um, and, and respect you know other people and you can't always put yourself on your and and not to bash financial success i think it's wonderful but success is measured in a lot of different ways so what has kept you at the restaurant well you know it's kind of a it's kind of a disease after a while you know you get sucked into that <laughs> and and you know being your own boss and 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 you know making the choice of what needs to be done i mean you have to work hard, and you work, and in most cases, you work harder than your employees, and it's a lot more time you take to work home. But, you know, you are your own boss. You make decisions that will, you know, just, you know, put you where you are or where you want to be, and it's, it's kind of taking charge. And then I think that any small business, I think the restaurant business is the toughest of small businesses, but small business owners are a different breed. I mean, we take a lot on the chin. So what made you want to open up a second restaurant? <laughs> well, I, I I had a wonderful partner, and I have a wonderful partner, and uh, you know she uh, we talked about this. She had a small business of her own, and uh, and I know you met Alif before too. Mm-hmm. She had a small business of her own, and we uh, uh, we I was a customer at Giorgio's Pizza for 27 years. I'm a New Yorker, and that was my slice, my go-to slice. So, you know, we talked about it, and she uh, you know put a lot of that together, and uh, um, we it happened. It just happened. So was the business for sale? Was a retirement? What was that transition? How did you get involved in that? Well, I like I said, I knew Giorgio for years and years and years. And uh, it was uh, he was ready to, I think, give up. He had asked me over a couple years that, uh, you know, if I knew anybody that was interested in buying the business. And, uh, you know, I had actually asked around. And, uh, again, Alif had a food truck. And uh, um, she was working. And then we, you know, we'd go over there for lunch and... Uh, Next thing you know, one thing led to another, and there we are. You had a pizza baby. Yeah, November 11, <laughs> 2019, and uh, we, uh, the pandemic came. Mm-hmm. That made it interesting, that's for sure. It sure did. Big George, I want to know, what motivates you to keep doing what you do? You know, sometimes I, I get up in the morning and I wonder to myself, but it seems like when I get around people, I get re-energized. I, I don't know. I mean, I like talking to people. I don't... I think one of the biggest things that as business owners we need to do is we need to stay grounded and we need to understand that everybody on this planet is one day for being broke or dead. So, you know, basically we're all in the same boat. So, and and then I, I just when I see people and I interact with people, I, that just gives me an energy. Just gives me some, I don't know, I don't know where it comes from. Well, and you like feeding them good food too. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you know, look, you want to um, you want to have a good product. You want to have a good reputation. You know, this is uh, um, 
something important, especially in the food business. Um, but, you know, you, you have to show people that you care. So I had this philosophy my whole life, which upset people that are around me sometime. I would say when I saw people outside the restaurant, I was nicer to them or more affectionate towards them or friendlier towards them than I even was in the restaurant because I never wanted them to think it was just about the money. And that's been something, and that's my own, nobody gave that to me. That's my own thing, and I've been saying it for years. And I mean it, and I still say it. Coming up, the challenges and successes Big George has had along the way, and what he wants you to know about starting your own business. This is Local Matters. Jiffy Lou Boner, Steve Sanner, and COO Lonnie Hinkle. Lonnie, as an ASC master technician, what advice do you have for drivers today when it comes to taking proper care of their vehicles? The biggest problem we see at Jiffy Lube is that drivers have gone from changing their oil every 3,000 miles to changing it every 5,000, 7,500, or even 10,000 miles. Yet very few drivers are checking their oil between oil changes. How big an issue is that? More than half of the cars we service at Jiffy Lube arrive at the shop low on oil. Many of those cars are more than a quart low, and some don't even register on the dipstick at all. That can do serious damage to an engine. It's a good thing Jiffy Lube service includes free fluid checks and top-offs between services, a nice little extra that most others don't offer. Free fluid top-offs is one of the many reasons that Jiffy Lube is the best choice for professional vehicle maintenance. You never need an appointment, plus our service protects new car and extended warranties. Simple, fast, and free top-offs between services. Indiana's favorite. Jiffy Lube. We've been chatting with George Sturgiopoulos, a.k.a. Big George, from the Greek Islands Restaurant and Giorgio's. Big George, what's the hardest part about being a business owner? Well, it's 24-7. Anytime you own a small business, it's 24-7, and you have to realize that. You can't um, just say that, you know, I'm not going to go to work today. I mean, you don't have those luxuries. I mean, there's, like I said, being a small business owner, you're in your own boss, and that's the biggest luxury of it all. But it's a 24-7 job, and you take it with you every minute of the day. You never leave it. There's no such thing as a vacation, huh? No. We, uh, we've we had a hard time taking any time off. I mean, we had to – there was a specific cir- circumstance where we had to take a couple of days off, and then it took us a week to, to really recover from that. Um, those two days Mm -hmm. what is the most rewarding part about being a business owner it's your own thing I mean you put your personal stamp on it I mean you're you're the man you know you're the man it's a huge responsibility the risks uh, um, I mean you are you are part of this wonderful American capitalist society you know the decisions that we make inside our little you know business is is will determine our lives and other people's lives. So it's a huge deal. It is. It's a really big deal. And on the side, you like educating people about the differences between America and Greece by taking trips and taking people with you. Yeah, so we have a little tour company, and we do one trip right now to Greece. We're hoping to expand that in the future. I mean, we could, but we're just trying to be real patient. It's an immersion trip we do, and I always tell people, I actually had a conversation with a guy the other day that uh, he says, I'm just staying here right here in my country. And I said, you know how you're going to find out how great this country is? By going and visit other things and seeing other. There's a lot of other great things out there. But at the end of the day, when you're done wherever you go, you get to come right back here and find out that this is the greatest country in the world. None better. I wish you could see the smile that's on your face right now. Your eyes are lit up. I mean, there's just there's such a pride there. Um, yes. 
I think uh, I posted a picture the other day on Facebook about Greek Americans celebrating Greek Independence Day in New York. And one of the greatest things that I saw was in, in all these photos, and it was my nephew's, uh, was that there were American flags and Greek flags together. And when I took my daughters back to New York City to see my neighborhood and eat at my little hole-in-the-wall places growing up, when we were in the Greek area, there was one common thing of all the businesses in that area. Everywhere you saw a Greek flag in a window, there was an American flag in the right place. And it's we should be very proud of where we are because the opportunities here are much greater than anywhere else. And I always tell people that say, no, they're not. There's opportunities in other places in the world. I'm not saying there isn't, but the greatest opportunities are here in the United States. And sometimes people don't realize it. And I encourage people, give it a shot. Roll the dice. I mean, honestly, like for me, it's been, you know, my dad was a big risk taker, you know, and he, he had a dream and he followed through his dream. But I think over the last few years, I've become more energized about being, you know, a risk taker and taking chances. I mean, we survived the pandemic. Um, and unfortunately, it wasn't just we were making decisions and choices for survival and other people were influencing things that they shouldn't have been doing, you know, from a political perspective, from a leadership perspective. So it was double the fight for all of us in the downtown. You know, you represent a lot of people with Indiana Originals, and you know Mm -hmm. that the struggle was just made greater through people just not doing the right thing. But you know what? Most of us have overcome and survived. Um, And that's the spirit of America is that, you know, we believe in, in... this is the place, you know, fight it, fight hard, take the risk and go to it. You know, we, we at the end, if you follow that, you'll be successful. Well, and George, I was going to ask you, what would you tell others that want to start their own business? What do you want them to know? Well, I think anybody that wants to, you know, be a capitalist, I think roll the dice and do it. If there's a will, there's a way. It's not going to be easy. Don't expect because you'll be a business owner, an entrepreneur, that your hours will be less, that you'll be able to just give orders because that's not the reality. That's not. So remove that expectation right now. Yeah. And then you can move forward. Yeah. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you set your uh, you set your goals high. And if you don't reach them, you just you just fight through it till you get there. I like that. You fight through it until you get there. George, why does supporting local and being known as an Indiana original matter to you? So when we do our trips to Greece, one of the biggest parts of the trip is that we support local businesses, small business, family-owned and operated, like businesses at their homes or upstairs. And I grew up in that setting in New York City. So I I know there's an area um, where we go to Greece that they just built this mall and it's it's actually kind of a cool mall as far as malls go. It's an open-air mall. It's really cool. But there's, like, shops in there that are – we have those little shops in our towns and villages, and it kind of really bothers me. There's some small locally-owned places, and we try to support those too. But I, I, I want to see that survive. I want to see, the you know, the Greek islands, the Georgios, the Iozos, the Shapiros – uh, the Supremacies, the Rocket Fizz, the Downtown Comics. I want to see all those places survive, and I want to see more of them come and more of them grow. You know, the Jack's Donuts, who he, it's a franchise, but it's independently owned, and that guy bust his hump. You know, 
all these little places, the Block Bistro that had just opened up, all these little downtown shops, and there's a ton of them, you know. Uh, I, I want to see them survive and grow because I think our economy gets better when we have that. Um, I'm a big supporter. I, I try, even though we've had a tough time in 2020, uh, in the beginning of 2021, we try to go out and support a local business every single day. I mean, that's a goal that we've mm-hmm. set and we, we, every day. And you know what I love about you, George, and your family is how much you give back to the community. That has always been just in the fold, right? It's kind of it's kind of a given, you know. And another example is, you know, for the WIBC Radiothon this year, we went out and bought gift cards from local businesses to give away. And your sister Angela still gave; she just doubled what we bought. Yeah, you have to give back. You know, the thing about it is, is you are responsible also for your community. And when your boots on the ground in any small business, you have to you have to make sure you help maintain your community and your area. You know, we are our brother's keeper. You know, that's the biggest issue that that I have with people trying to force others to do things. They need to get out there and do it. They need to be supportive of their areas, their neighborhoods. And there's a lot of people that do that, and there's a lot of business that do, but there's some that don't. Um, so we, you need to be active. You know, I spent 25 years in uh, revitalization on that near south side as as a president, as a vice president, as a board member, um, we we always took an active part in, in what's going on, and that's a big thing with Brian Shapiro at Shapiro's. He's hugely active and has been since day one. Big, and you know, we had a conversation once about that. That we we are the ones that have to, you know, be part of what's going on here every day. I spent tons of years on boards, you know, being active in the community, and that's what it takes. Um, we all need to do that. Well, and you're definitely being loud about what needs to happen downtown. That's been challenging. Yeah. Right? So you have the near south side that you're involved with, and then Georgia's is right off the circle. Yeah. Yeah, it's really tough. I think today I did an interview, uh, and I one of the things that I talked about was it's so hard to see this city that I moved to in, uh, you know, 1979, 1980 that was, you know, way behind the times. I remember I was on a flight from New York to Indianapolis, but it was via St. Louis for some reason. We had missed a flight. And when we were flying towards St. Louis over Indianapolis, the pilot said, we're flying over Indianapolis, Indiana. Please turn your watch back 200 years. You know, and, and I I didn't laugh about it, and I said something to him. And I was pretty young at that time. This had been a while back. So this city re-energized, you know, just it was a complete reboot. It grew. It, it's one of the most beautiful downtowns, and to see what our leaders have allowed to happen. And I'm not trying to, you know, poke you know anybody right now but the facts are the facts and and to continue the narrative you know that that they had nothing to do with it really really concerns me i mean we at george you know georgios especially we have a huge investment and a huge rent and i know all the other businesses are in the same boat that we are um they're they need to be proactive about it the fact that we we have a homeless problem in indianapolis we do and the the problem is not that we have it is the problem is that our leaders are not coming up with any solutions for our homelessness problem we have a crime issue in Indianapolis. everybody says the crime has gone down but really bad crimes have gone up you know we're competing with with other major metropolitan areas that we shouldn't be competing with 
And it's time for the leadership in this city to really step it up, to show their concern for small business people. Because at the end of the day, you know, we're their constituents. They work for us, but then we're employing people. We're trying to keep people employed which makes our community better. I mean, we're creating jobs. We have jobs, you know, um, and it, it saddens me sometimes to see what we've allowed it to to uh, to become. Um, one of the things that during the the time, the nights of the riots, we were there. We were there till Alif and I were there until we had to get out, and there was no police presence there. And now we have an NCAA tournament where everybody's basically locked up in a hotel, and there's police everywhere. So it just concerns me to how the planning of this happens. You know, who makes the decisions here? Who's making the decisions here? I mean, we need to re-energize our downtown. We may need to make it clear that, you know, downtown is going to be safe. We're not, you know, we're not taking no stuff from nobody. I said stuff, by the way. Thank you for that. No problem. (laughs) We're not taking no stuff for anybody. And, you know, we're going to get the full support of our leaders. And they haven't done that yet. They haven't done that. So uh, we'll see. Well, it's been just fascinating and tough and inspiring. And so many words can describe watching what's been happening downtown since March of last year. And, George, I really do want to thank you for being one of those vocal business owners who is standing up for the community, who's standing up for our city, and who is taking action, not just chatting on Facebook about what they think is best, because yeah. there's plenty of that going on, but that's not gonna get us where we need to be. I, I've never seen anything like this with the social media. People uh, think because they make a statement and they, because they can write well, and they wanna correct other people's grammar that they make a point, and it's really, really disgusting. I have. I stopped doing a lot of social media stuff except for businesses and supporting local and little family things because some people have become so hateful and cruel and it's the social media warriors and I I ended a conversation with a guy that I said you know what don't bring your trash bags bring your trash bags and come downtown don't be a social media warrior get off your stuff Mm -hmm. and come downtown and do something about it um, and, and people keep on pointing the fingers and, and, you know, making false statements and narratives about things that they want people to believe. It's not true. Come downtown and spend a couple of days downtown and you see what the real issues are. And it, if it wasn't for small businesses fighting for that, you know, their little microcosm of downtown, it would be even worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've seen how important business owners are to our communities in a way like no other in my lifetime in the last year and you know i had a conversation i don't know uh, maybe it was the other day about how four million people didn't have a job but target costco walmart all these big national chains were open and it's because it's the little guys right it's it's our indiana originals Mm -hmm. that are truly keeping our communities moving forward Absolutely. We're taking it on the chin. A lot of these big shops like you're talking about, I mean, they're supplying the basics to people. And and what what downtowns have lost is the people that lived in the suburbs that we, you know, that were part of our downtown community, at least during the days, are not coming downtown now. And And I said that some of these corporations 
there needs to be some kind of kickback on them because when they're saying we're not going to bring our people down no matter what, their concern is strictly for the bottom line. They have a responsibility to these communities, and they need to get off their stuff, and they need to start transitioning people back and follow the rules, masks, social distancing, whatever you know you believe is safe for your people. And if you can't bring everybody down at the same time, I suggested this with some of our political leaders. I said some people got to work Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and some people got to work Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. We have to make adjustments. We cannot, we can't be the only ones taking it on the chin here. Some of these big corporations, it's frustrating for little guys like us. And then you saw corporations during the PPP loans, and sometimes these elected officials, they make these decisions without really looking deep enough. There was companies that were really successful that got PPP loans at the beginning that wound up putting millions and millions of dollars in their pockets. And I'm not against anybody making money. You know, we're all trying to make a buck but um we need we need people to step up and and who to step up more than our leaders and more than our corporate leaders who 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 to step up we're, we're stepping up mm-hmm. we're working 15 16 hours a day you know six seven days a week uh we're there boots on the ground fighting all the issues head on and face face to face so we need those folks to stand up and and people with the social media really think about what you're saying think about what you're writing think about who you're attacking um because uh, it's going to wind up backfiring on you hang up to facebook and get downtown and be part of the rejuvenation of downtowns everywhere not just indianapolis well i have faith it's going to be better than it was before because of people like you well thank you i appreciate that i mean we just do what we we you know, we just do what we know to do. Uh, we can't quit. I mean, what are we going to do? Especially at my age. I mean, <laughs> what the heck am I going to do now, you know? Uh, oh, I don't know if I could take you as an employee. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. not too many places hiring, you know, 56, 55-year-old tall, dark, and handsome guys, you know. So <laughs> I did tell Governor By one time, uh, he was at the Greek Islands, and I told him, uh, I said, you know, Governor, I've been thinking about, you know, after politics, I think you got to – great opportunity as a male dancer because every time you walk into a room all these girls just seem to go crazy so which is very sad about his wife she was a wonderful lady i just want to mention that i mean um she was a wonderful wonderful lady she saw me at my worst once i had just gotten back from the bahamas i had long hair yes a mullet mel don't make fun of me i had beads (laughs) in my hair and i had gotten one of my teeth knocked out and i went to a fundraiser not a fun it was a charity fundraiser wasn't a political fundraiser where she was the main speaker and she saw me when i got back i was tan mullet missing tooth and beads in my hair i'll never forget that she just looked at me she was like george and that was it <laughs> she didn't even need to comment oh, gosh. <laughs> big george besides indianoriginals.com and our app where do we find out more about you and how do we support your businesses well i mean listen the, the best way to support all local business and again i'm not in this by myself you know there's down especially downtown i mentioned our neighbors you know downtown comics supremacy you know georgios uh, uh, Rocket Fizz, uh, all Charlie, the greatest hot dog guy on the planet oh, on the Charlie. circle. Charlie is my. I have his rewards card right there. He right there is the wallet. man. No problem, my friend. I got your back. <laughs> That's his big line. And you know, if you go farther down south, you know, you go, you know, the Greek islands and Iozos and uh, Shapiro's and you know the the local guys like the you know the Harry and Izzy's and the Saint Elmo mm-hmm. guy. I mean, come on, they're you know nice restaurants tony steakhouse you know locally owned and operated and people that really take part in their community 
um, Jimmy's Diner on Shelby Street. I go on uh, your mama. Are you going to tag all of these when we post this podcast? I will. I will. You post it, and I'll tag. I love it. I mean, I love small, local, hole-in-the-wall places. Period. And uh, the credit goes to everybody. We're all fighting a good fight. We're trying to keep our legacies, our businesses going, and uh, I'm just happy to be part of that. So head down to the Circle, grab a slice. Head to the south side of downtown Indianapolis. Grab it. Now, big debate. How do you pronounce? Euro. Thank you. It's, I, saw a sign Thank in da- you. I saw a sign in downtown Chicago once that cleared it. This was like 25 years ago. Uh, it was in front of one of the Greek restaurants in Greek town. It said it's pronounced Euros, Y-E-E-R-O-S. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my gosh. George, thank you so much for being our guest today on Local Matters. And thank you for doing your part to create healthier, stronger communities and more jobs in Indiana. Well, thank you to you for being a big supporter of Indiana Originals and getting everybody out there in the forefront. It's a big deal. Um, we're working so hard to, you know, to maintain our businesses that sometimes we forget folks like you that are that are huge supporters that kind of help keep us at the forefront of what's going on. So we appreciate you. And we go way back. It's so cool being in the studio with you again. Who would have thought the young traffic girl would be running her own business one day? Well, I, I thought that. And it was <laughs> the greatest thing. such a bad employee. <laughs> well, the greatest thing about you was uh, that whenever I was in the studio, and Dave Wilson would have me in the studio all the time, and uh, I would almost get into trouble but you would always kind of tell me what i could do and not do or mm-hmm. say what i have <laughs> to say what i can't or i couldn't <laughs> say so i appreciate that george i've always appreciated you and it is an honor to run indiana originals and help promote all of these businesses well i love you beyond indiana originals but indiana originals is awesome thank you and thank you for listening to local matters made possible by indiana owned indiana gifts and our new website sponsor jiffy lube of indiana It's an honor to bring you incredible stories about Indiana-owned businesses making a positive impact in Indiana and the entrepreneurs and community members leading the way. Find local businesses near you or get your business certified local at indianaowned.com. I'm Mel McMahon, and until next time, keep supporting local.